morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is the Home Team Podcast number four. Uh, we are coming to you live from Denver, Colorado, the Mile High City. And we are now talking about, we've already talked about insurance. We've already talked about the romance in buying a home. Now we're going to find out exactly what do you need to do to actually go out and get that loan. So, uh, you know, first and foremost, my name is Matt Moriarty. I'm with the Moriarty Agency of Farmers Insurance. Uh, my uh, other co-hosts are Chandler Finler. Hello, everyone. Chandler Finler here, your residential real estate expert with Liv Sotheby's International Realty. Who did a fantastic job on the last one. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You're very welcome. I, I listened. Well, you have to listen because you're sitting here. Well, that, that is yeah, very you're, true. You're forced. You're forced. That is very, wait a minute. You look like a moron. <laughs> like every other guy in my life. Like they have to listen to me. Right. You know, exactly. Like exactly. Exactly. And then, of course, the always great John Reed. Hey, everybody. John Reed with New American Funding your residential home loan consultant. So if you've noticed one thing about us, we're pretty passionate about what we do. And John is no different. Um, and what we're going to describe today, we're going to ask John about today is, is some of the things that we, you need, uh, whether you're living, you know, no matter where you're living, what kind of, you know, things you should look for in a lender, um, what kind of programs are out there and, uh, everything along those lines, everything you need to know. Um, because, you know, honestly, you know, uh, you know, again, Chandler has the romantic part of it. You know, I make sexy insurance again, but, but John really, I mean, you can't do any of these things. You can't insure a home. You can't buy a home without talking to John first. So it's really the most important step there is out there. Um, so John, first and foremost, I mean, what, what, you know, if, if you are someone, you know, if we're looking to buy a home, I use the example, you know, if my wife and I were looking to buy a home and mm-hmm. talk to Chandler, uh, or anyone out there, what, st- what do you recommend that, that people do when they're looking at a lender? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's important to, to gather knowledge, um, and understand exactly, you know, what, what, what's the goal? What are, what are you trying to obtain here? Um, and, and in that, you know, the, the first step, at least, at least for me, what I do is I want to, I want to get on the phone with them. I want to talk to them, really understand what, what are your goals here? And, and in that, you know, what's a comfort level as far as a payment goes, because you, you can talk to somebody and ask them, you know, what, how much home do you want to buy? But without them really understanding what that translates to as far as a total monthly payment, not just principal and interest, but a total, total monthly payment, it's hard for them to, to know the home that they they feel comfortable purchasing. So understanding where, where their comfort level lies in, in a, a monthly payment, um, as well as, you know, how much money are you ready to invest into this upfront? What's your down payment? You know, um, had, had you factored in closing costs on top of that? Cause every transaction is going to have some degree of closing costs. Um, and, and just gather that, that basic information, you know, up, up front, letting them know, you know, this is all going to go into our, our future, um, process down the road. Um, and, and in part of that, it's explaining to them the mortgage process, you know, whether you've done it in the past, or this is your first, first time buying a home, it's important to know the process and, and each lender is going to, going to have a a different variance of, of their process, how they do it. Mm -hmm. I, I particularly like to get on the phone with them 
um, get an understanding, and then explain that, you know, first step, we, we need to get you pre-qualified. We need to know what the comfort level payment is going to translate to as a monthly payment in, in retrospect of your entire financial life. Um, let you what know. does pre-qualification mean? So pre-qualification is... You, you hear a lot of radio, uh, on the radio broadcasts, you know, you, you know, it seems like they're like, you know, hey, come talk to us for five minutes and we're going to get you, you know, pre-qualified or pre-approved. What's the difference mm-hmm. between pre-qualified and pre-approved? That's a great question. And there is a, a difference. A lot, a lot of times it's a common misconception that a pre-qualification and a pre-approval is the exact same thing. And that, that, that's just not true. Um, pre-approval is, is much more in-depth than a pre-qualification. When I pre-qualify someone to purchase a home, I'm gathering information on that first call to, to fill out the application. I want to know, based on what you're telling me, um, what is your monthly gross income? You know, what, um, how much money do you have set aside for, for down payment? And, and based off that information and, and what your debt picture looks like and, and you know, maybe your, your credit score that you believe it is, I'm going to see what ballpark you're going to qualify for. Create, you know, a, a high-level overview of, of the fees associated with it. Once we narrow down on that pre-qualification around where you're looking, the, the maybe type of program you, you'd like to explore, then we're going to move into our, our, our step of, of pre-approval. And that is me actually collecting documentation. Um, that documentation is, I, I need to see your, your pay stubs, you know, the thir- last 30 days of your pay stubs, um, your W-2s for the last two years. Now, W-2s, those are your, your tax forms that you get at the end of the year, um, showing what you made, taxes you paid, things like that. Um, and in some cases, we need two years tax returns, depending on if it's a self-employed borrower or, um, or not. Um, in, in addition to the, the income documentation, we need to look at your assets. I, I need to collect the last 30 days of, of bank statements for all accounts that you have. I mean, that, that can include your, your retirement accounts. That can re- include, you know, your checking your savings accounts. Um, sometimes you have other investment accounts that, that uh, we want to look at. Um, you know, collecting all of those and then actually doing a, a credit pull. I need to see, you know, what your credit life looks like. I need to see what that score is because that score is going to determine a lot. It's going to determine, you know, if, if we are paying MI, depending on the down payment, um, what that level is going to be, it's going to determine your interest rate. So it, it factors into a lot. And then we, you know, in, in the first podcast, we first episode, we talked um, briefly about, you know, debt to income ratio, but we need to find what that debt to income ratio is because different programs are going to have different, different thresholds when it comes to that. So um, you know, a long, long-winded answer to your question, in, in a pre-approval, it is more in-depth. And in that pre-approval, um, what I do and, and what, you know, a lot of lenders would do is I actually will send that down to uh, our underwriting department. Our underwriting department is going to review that just as it is, as if we had a property already picked out, run it through their underwriting softwares, um, look at look at all the, the statements and everything that we've included to determine if we can credit approve or pre-approve this borrower for the amount that, that we've submitted. You know, whatever that amount is, now we can create the the uh, pre-approval letter to give to the, the borrowers as well as, as the agent. And that's really amazing right there too because, uh, you know, many, you know, prior to insurance, uh, you know, I was actually in the lending business and we would get people who would call in and say, my credit score is this. Uh, you know, I make this, uh, you know, what, what's my rate? You, you can't, you, there's no way you can give that information. And, and if anyone does, no matter where you are in the country, if you're giving a limited amount of information, as Chandler can tell you, it does 
absolutely no good because you are not pre-qualified. Yep. Yep. It, it's it's true. You know, you, you you may be able to get pre-qualified based off what what uh, you're telling your lender, but um, no lender or, or it's it's not common practice for a lender to issue a pre-approval just off of things that that you as a borrower are telling them well and it's the same thing like even in insurance like i get people that call up and say you know what's my rate on my car insurance and i say well uh what's your driver's license i'm like well i didn't have any tickets or how many tickets or accidents you've had in the last three years well i've you know in the last three years i've had one ticket right and then so we we you would quote them one rate and then when you actually pull their driving records oops (laughs) <laughs> There's like ten accidents. I forgot and, to tell you about those, right? Matt. Yeah, because I mean, I thought you said tickets, up. not accidents. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> slipped my mind. So no, I mean, and and that's you know, if if a mortgage broker gives you a pre-approval and has not run your credit or pulled your income and has not. Uh, I guess has not asked you for any documentation. You are not doing yourself any justice, even if the letter says pre-approval, because what can happen is, you know, you identify a home, you go under contract, you're technically not pre-approved, even though that's what the letter says. Two and a half weeks later, you find out you're not qualified to buy the home. You have then wasted, you know, an estimate of $1,000 on inspections you've wasted two and a half weeks you put your earnest money at risk and it's not a good situation so you want to make sure you're giving accurate information on the pre-qualification and then get your documents to your mortgage lender as soon as possible yeah absolutely you know the quicker we can we can collect those documents quicker we can get you an answer back and, and that's you know the bottom line of, of it you know it, uh, the process takes time we, we know that and there's certain things that take longer than than other points in, in the process but uh, as long as you're on top of it aware of of what you're going to need to gather for for your lender the smoother the transaction is going to go and again if you haven't noticed here you know in each of these we're talking about you know doing your due diligence and working with a professional right um, because, you know, in the insurance side of things, in the real estate side of things, in the mortgage side of things, if you're not working with someone that's asking you the right questions and, you know, listening, we, we said that in the last podcast, right? You have two, two ears, <laughs> two ears and one mouth for a reason. Uh, it's because these are important questions. So uh, again, like I, like I said earlier, you know, if someone's giving you an apples to apples comparison and just getting the same coverage, uh, run away. Same thing with if someone's giving you, cause you're wasting everyone's time, including yours, you, you have valuable time, right? Mm-hmm. Your weekends are valuable times. So if you're going out with someone like Chandler and going out and looking at houses, if you're not qualified, you're wasting her time. You're wasting your own time. And, and so just make sure that's why it's so important to talk with someone, you know, like John and, and, and no matter where you are, talk with someone and make sure you're comfortable with them and then release that information because you can't get an accurate portrayal. You may not even know if they pull your credit, there may be, you know, you may have had an identity theft, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you can't qualify for that home. So do that up front. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to put your money at risk either, you know, earnest money, all that stuff. So Yeah, I mean, from, from the start, you're invested into the transaction, um, whether it's through a credit pull or if you're under contract, you've got earnest money on the line, uh, inspection. So you are, from the start, invested. So make sure that the, the people that you have in your corner are, are fighting and doing the right things for you. Let me ask you this, because I, mean, I know a lot of people, especially first-time home buyers, right? There, there's they, they, you come up with uh, a couple of different loans, right? Um, the, the most two most common uh, would be a conventional loan 
right, and an FHA loan. Mm-hmm. And, and so what are the differences between those two? Yeah, so it's, it's really who's, I guess, securitizing the loan. I mean, conventional is going to be your Fannie Mae, your Freddie, Freddie Mac um, loans. They're, they're, you know, bought on, on the secondary market from Fannie Mae. They're, they're securitized by them. Um, and FHA is, is your government program. It's, you know, the, the government's essentially backing the, the funding on, on that loan. Um, is essentially what, what those two differences are. Now, each, each program is going to have different qualification and, and um, I guess, guidelines for, for underwriting in, in what, what you can qualify for. You know, your FHA is going to, going to allow you to get down on, on a lower credit score. They're still going to approve it down, you know, in, in a lot of cases down to 580. What about um, like putting money down? Is there, is there a difference yep. There? And it, it affects your, your down payment as well. You know, FHA minimum down payment is three and a half percent. You know, so there's some uh, conventional programs that'll allow you to do uh, 3%. So you're saving a half oh, percent really? in, in the down payment. Um, and, and that's not even to get into some of the down payment assistance programs that are out there, which do offer, they, they do, they, they vary by states and they, they offer, you know, a conventional option as well as, you know, an FHA option, depending on the, the, the borrower. Um, so there, there are ways in each situation, you should have all, all the options available to you. You know, let's look at what your financial picture is and, and what makes the most sense, you know, because sometimes a lower rate interest rate doesn't always mean the best payment that fits for you. You know, sometimes taking that, that, you know, slightly higher interest rate, but saving money on your closing costs is better for, for your financial life. And it's, you know, understanding what, what's the best scenario for you is, is what, what every lender should be asking. You know, lenders should be asking you, what is the most important, important point is, is paying closing costs and having a lower rate, having a lower, uh, a little bit higher rate and saving money on closing costs. What is valuable to you? Right. Yeah. Those are all good questions because some people would rather prefer to pay a higher monthly payment and lower down payment, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like the insurance, right? They prefer to pay a higher monthly payment, lower deductible. Lower deductible. There yeah. we go. Lower deductible. <laughs> you, we're it. getting yes, this. Yes. And then higher closing costs. But, and then in some instances too, I think I've heard the, um, Perhaps I'm not asking a lot of questions to John because I know the answers and it's hard to ask questions when you know yeah. the answers, but Matt's doing a really great job. But I hear a lot of, um, you know, different um, opinions on PMI, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's mortgage insurance, right? When you don't put down the full 20%. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about um, about PMI. Yeah, mor- mortgage insurance, you know, there's always the negative aspects of mortgage insurance. Why would I... Why would I pay mortgage insurance? What does it mean? And it's essentially, it's it's covering you and the the uh, lender in the event something should happen to to that home because you don't have that twenty percent equity position in your property. So if something were to default or or you know go wrong, that that the, the the mortgage could no longer be paid, you're essentially covering um, both both sides of that. So it's not a bad thing. And, you know, you're going to have different mortgage insurance levels, um, depending on what your down payment is, depending on what your credit score is. So it's, and, and there's, there's different companies that offer mortgage insurance. So it is good for your lender to shop those, you know, you have, um, a couple off the top of my head is Essent, Radian, or, or, or a couple mortgage insurance companies out there that provide that. So, I did not know that. um, yeah. And, and if it, you're, you're working with a responsible lender, they're going to work to find you the best, rate on, on, on that as well. 
Oh, so. I didn't know you could chop that. Huh? That's interesting. Because I think a, another a misconception, which we touched on our first episode of our first podcast, is, you know, the kind of the old school thinking that you have to have 20% down to purchase a home. You don't have to, you know, as John has outlined, um, and more to come on, you know, programming and stuff like that. But, you know, PMI... Don't be scared of it. You know, do not be scared of the mortgage insurance because I've seen in some instances with my clients is, you know, they don't have 20 percent. They, you know, take out a mortgage, pay whatever, a hundred, whatever it is, a hundred dollars a month for their case, um, you know, per month on mortgage insurance. But once they reach that 20 percent of equity in their property, um, they no longer have to pay the mortgage Mm -hmm. insurance. And I know um, in the markets across the country, we have gained um you know equity more rapidly than you know mm-hmm. previous years um you know in, in certain parts of the country it's all different percentages but um clients and buyers can gain that 20 percent quicker Very. Yep. you know so say you pay pmi for two years right what's a hundred dollars a month that's twenty four hundred dollars to be able to gain equity of, I don't know, you know, $50,000 in your property, you know, what is better? You know what I mean? So is that just unconventional though? We'll see. And and, and you bring up a good point there. Uh, So there's conventional has, as PMI, your your mortgage insurance, but also on FHA, you have mortgage insurance premium. Um, And if the difference there is on a conventional program, it is cancelable mortgage insurance. With your FHA programs, it is there for the life of your loan. Um, that's just the way that that FHA operates. That's you know written to their their guidelines. Um, that isn't to say that you're stuck in that loan for the life or, or for for however long you're in that home. Well, you mean because you know? then you could you have the option to refinance. Yeah, absolutely. You but can you can refinance your loan, get it into a conventional, um, cancel that mortgage insurance. Once off, you so. have the yep. the twenty percent equity, exactly. Do you think they'll what, what's the magic number with twenty percent? What, what I don't under, you know. Do you think they'll ever change that? Is that something that can be changed, or uh, it I, just is what it is? It is what it is. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of that that level. It's always been there. I, I don't foresee any changes when when it comes to that. Um, but who knows? I mean, things things change all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I think you'll you'll more see um, different breaks in mortgage insurance depending on the down payment. I think those will have a, a better chance of changing than than uh, that twenty percent number. Right? Maybe somebody w- way back when um, you know just you know I guess lots of things in today's life follow the eighty twenty rule, right? We wear you know we could go on and on, but eighty twenty twenty yep. is the magic number. It is to stay. So, and one other thing about FHA too, because I know when we purchased our first home, we did you we take advantage of, of F- mm-hmm. FHA. FHA. I got that. Uh, yeah, the case of those that. zips. Uh, but uh, you can actually streamline that, right? Like you can streamline refinance in the event that the the rates go down. Is that the, correct? Yeah, they do have have that that streamlined refinance program. It is available out there. Um, I'm not going to get to too much detail on sure. it right now, but it is a program that's available to you that would help to reduce that rate and 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 make it you know more cost effective for okay. you. And then once you've uh, you know because FHA is just for first time homebuyers. Once you go conventional, you can't go back to. FHA. No, FHA is not just for first-time home buyers. But I mean, I mean, once you're once you're done, like once you've used it and gone on to conventional, can you go back to use FHA again? Yeah, you you can you can really. Yeah, I did not know that. Yep, if you've had a conventional loan and something happened in your credit that that has dropped your credit to where okay. your next loan, even you know refinance or whatever, um, isn't the conventional is not in your best interest. We can do an FHA program after after you've been in conventional. See, this is what we call learning. That's right. That's right. So. 
So if you if you qualify for a conventional with your credit score, can you just choose an FHA loan just to choose it you yes i mean we'll give we'll give you all of your options absolutely um but one thing to remember with fha is you have that that mortgage insurance that's going to be there for the life of the loan and there's also you know uh upfront uh mortgage insurance premium that gets tacked on to your to your loan amount oh like in a dollar amount to the ring of like what like Thousands? It's it's a it's a percentage it, you know it's it, it could be a thousands yeah okay. absolutely um, it's usually a percentage of the loan amount based off of um, what your credit score is what's affecting it things right. like that yeah. so, so again paying for um, the, that risk there yeah. Yeah. yeah well that's great that that option is available for you know not everybody has the best credit score right mm-hmm. again you know. Well, yeah. not, all, not only that, not everyone has enough money to put down. Because I know when we purchased our first home, we didn't have the the in those days. Like this mm-hmm. was, I think it was ten years ago when we bought our first home. Um, they did not allow you to um, have less than eighty percent down at that time. Right, like, there was no programs. Nothing it's not was like out there. You do have programs now? Yeah, um, but yeah, if you didn't, you had to go FHA if you didn't have the twenty yeah. percent. And a lot, of, a lot of people out there think, or, or, and I'm not sure if any of our listeners are thinking this, but. Um, why not wait to to purchase until you do have that 20%? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, that's an option. You could continue to rent until you have that 20%. But paying somebody else's mortgage. But consult exactly. consult an expert yes. because 99.9% of the time and I'm sure John can speak the same when I am approached by a person who wants to wait, they're actually doing themselves a non-favorable service on yep. the financial side because the benefits outweigh um, you know the more upfront cost at the beginning. Yeah. I've never seen it really, really works out. Exactly. And since we, we have you here, let me ask you a question. So if I would have not been able to, let's say I wanted to buy a home five years ago, right? And I said, I'm going to wait a few years. So I'm going to save up a little bit more money. What happened to the market? You would have missed a huge 18% increase of home values here in the Denver metro area. You probably, on average, depending on what neighborhood in Denver and a Round a half million dollar home, you would have missed out on a hundred thousand dollars of an equity increase, uh, or up to a hundred thousand dollars. And so you would, two years later, you'd have been in the exact same situation because the 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 value of the home went up so much that now you have to save even more money. You're in the yep. exa- even more money. So if you are one of those listeners, which you know. We are, you know, consultant expert to help you through that because most likely we will say jump into the market. And I know that you can't see. I uh, do a good, an easy visual for my, um, you know, prospective buyers. But what I do is I draw a line going diagonal to the right. What is that? Like an axis going diagonal yeah. to the right. Uh, going diagonal and up to the right. And I say, okay, if you bought a home and I put a circle anywhere on the line, right? Say I put a circle at the bottom, like quarter of the line. Say if you purchased a home here and I draw the line up to the right, I'm saying you just want to ride the equity train. If you wait and purchase here, you might not have as far to go as far as property increases go in percentage. Mm So yeah, absolutely. And if if you were to run, you know, the, the math and the analytics on uh, the amount of mortgage insurance that you would pay in that same, you know, five years, let's, let's use that five year number. It pales in comparison to the amount of money you have missed out on in, in not having. Yeah. And well, plus you're paying rent too. So, and in most cases in this market, at least, I mean, rent's almost more expensive than it, it, it is to own a home. Mm-hmm. Well, rent. Uh, yeah. You're, oh, it is. Oh, uh, in a lot of price in, points. Yeah. 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 That's a fact for sure. 
Because not only has Denver, you know, the last five years been one of the hottest real estate markets in the nation for, um, uh, by, you know, purchasing, it's also been in the top five for highest rental um, increases per month. So when you're renting, um, you are paying a mortgage, right? It's just somebody else's. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Unless mom and dad are going to let you go down to the basement and live there for free, then yeah, it's probably not. You're probably right. doing yourself a disservice. And not yeah. even every state, right? So we're talking nationally and globally. Not even every state has basements. Nope. No. Right. Yeah. So yeah. That is very, like that is Missis- very true. You know, in Mississippi, Louisiana, because it's below the uh, sea level line. So you can't dig underwater. Yeah. You know? So anyways. That's true. So then you're living like next to your parents' bedroom. Right. In your old high school room. Exactly. With yeah. your, you know, Ooh. Justin Timberlake Ooh. posters on the wall. Who had that? Oh I think, I think we just got right a glimpse into Chandler's life. I also had Usher Raymond on the wall, Justin Timberlake. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, not in my bedroom now. <laughs> Let me just clarify. I don't know. Are you sure? <laughs> Let me just clarify. All right. That. I'm just making sure. Uh, what happened to those posters? Yeah. Uh, I don't actually. I don't. They're probably still, still up, up. up in my childhood home. <laughs> probably. My mom still lives there. I bet you there's still yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Uh, so big, you know, big takeaway that, that I want to make sure that I'm conveying to, to our listeners is, you know, the lender that you work with, make sure they're asking the right questions. Make sure that, that if, you, if you don't know what goes into the process, ask. You know, if, 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 if uh, you're worried about qualification or your credit score or, you know, what tools are out there to, to get you to the point where you're, you're meeting that, month, uh, that comfortable monthly payment for you and getting the house that, that you're comfortable with. That you're comfortable with. Keywords, be comfortable in your monthly payment. Exactly. <laughs> yes. and, and again, it, it does no good whatsoever if you can't afford the, the property. Um, you know, if, if you're going beyond your means, because, you know, eventually it's going to just catch up with you and, and you know, uh, things are going to go up, taxes are going to go up, insurance is going to go up, and you're not going to be able to afford it anymore. Maintenance, so, maintenance yep. utilities, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Right. So we're here to help you with that. You don't want to be house poor. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Definitely. So what, what, what is the next? Okay, so you're, uh, you, you talk to someone like Chandler, you're under contract, we're going through that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're at the closing table. What does that look like? So closing, I mean, there's there's a bunch of documents from your lender. You're going to have, you know, to re-sign your, your original application and a bunch of other legal documents. There, it's a stack of documents. And then title's going to have closing documents as well. Um, before we really get to the closing table, we want to make sure that whatever funds you are contributing to the transaction, whether it be your down payment, your closing costs, the total cash that you have to close – um, that we have, have made that either cashier's check or wire transfer. In, in most cases, um, it'll be a wire transfer that you have made from your bank to the title company to be held um, at that point. What, so what if your parents give you money or you borrow money from someone else? Is oh, that- a gift. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> gifts are great. We accept, you know, there's a lot gifts of money out of their house. We accept <laughs> gifts. We accept <laughs> gifts. Absolutely. Uh, and a lot of programs do allow for gifts um, of money to the, the transaction. And, and in that, you know, we, we want to verify where those funds are coming from, see that the funds have made it into our borrower's account. So we're going to, you know, paper trail that as well. Um, we're going to have to require a letter of explanation for that gift money um, to, to document in our file that, you know, that money that was given for the purpose of, of this transaction. So the money's already there. It's, it's the same, same process. We've got the money in our borrower's account. Now we are 
Um, still going to wire that over to title for, for the, the funds to close. Let me ask you this real quick. Uh, so uh, as a business owner, right, um, how do you show funds in that instance, right? If I'm not a W-2, if I'm 1099, mm-hmm. um, how, do you, how does that work? So some, some uh, programs out there, and it, it depends on, you know, how, one, how long you've been in, in business. Um, but there are some programs out there that will allow for the use of business funds uh, for, for the, the What do you purchase. mean use the business funds? So if, if you have funds in, in a, a business, business account, account we can like utilize. Yeah. Yeah, we you can, can utilize, utilize mm-hmm. those funds for qualification purposes and, and, and things like that. Yeah. And all that. Yep. So if you assets. have got it. Great question. Yeah. yeah. It was a really good, it was a really good question. So you can, you can utilize those to show assets towards your, your transaction because sometimes there's, um, you know, you're going to have thresholds of reserves that you have to have met in, in the transaction, whether it's six months of, of the monthly payment or three months, d- d- depends on what program you're working with. Um, they may have to show reserves. And so if you don't maybe have that in your personal account, but you're a business owner, we can show that in, in business funds that you have saying, you know, you have access to, to these funds. Should you, should you need it? So if you're a W2 employee, um, how, how long, how many funds or how long months do you have to show in that instance? Right. If you get a straight salary, let's say you get paid like 50 grand a year, let's say, um, but, but you just got a new job. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's say you mm-hmm. went, you're working someplace and you're getting paid 35,000, you're a rock star, and somebody else, a recruiter comes to get you, you're, you're now making 50 grand mm-hmm. a year. And, the, and so you decide you're at that threshold where you want to buy a house, but you've only been employed for a month. Does mm-hmm. that work? You, so so we're, we're talking about two different things there. Uh, we're, we're talking about business owner in the form of assets, and now we're talking about income. Correct. Um, so, so just wanted Scroll to – moment. To, Sorry. To, no, 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 you're, you're fine. Switch, you're you fine. Know, switch topics. Conversation. We're keeping our listeners and you, John, on your top. On, absolutely, yeah. and I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I just wanted to clarify that there are there, we're talking two different things here. Um, as a W-2, if, if you have been on the job of month one, we're going to have those – that one month of pay stubs. So we're fine as long as you, you've gone, you know, you W-2, W-2. Let's we can, define we can W-2. That. So W-2 for listeners is like a real quote-unquote like salaried mm-hmm. employee. Correct. Who gets a paycheck from the same employer every month. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And taxes are taken out of your out of your paycheck and that's all reported and documented on, on the pay stubs that, that you're getting. So I we, we can do, and, you know, it's different lender to lender and what their underwriting process works with, but I – in my past experience, I've been able to originate a loan just based off of a completely signed offer letter. As long as it shows a salary that they're going to be making, nice. we know that they're W two and they're able to to qualify for that. And as long as we have one pay stub before um, we get to the closing table, that we're ex- we can accept that as as income. So mm-hmm. there's there's no minimum in in that regard. What, what about people who are W two but also get commission or bonuses? Yeah, so if you're W two, you're still you're gonna have that salary or hourly, depending on how you get paid. Now, if you get commissions or bonuses, uh, a lot of the times we have to show uh, an average of, of two two years of that commission and bonus income that it is is continuous, and, and usually we'll get a verification of employment from your your HR department. Um, that will explain continuance and, and, you know, likelihood of continuation and, and, and things like that. So um, that's really on, on us as, as the lender and, and my processing and underwriting department to, to get into that and verify with, with your HR department. Yeah, and, and during the loan, because I always hear the, you know, my clients say, oh, I wish it was more streamlined. They keep asking me for documents, and but I gave it to them once, and now they want it again, or they want further explanation, a letter from my company, but they've already seen it. Like, I hear all this, you know, yep. 
feedback from my buyers and I'm like, you know, this is just part of the process. They just need, you know, certainly after the, you know, the mortgage crisis of, you know, the 2009, mm-hmm. 10 era, um, you know, they're certainly taking more steps to verify, um, you know, assets and money, et cetera. So don't be annoyed um, if your mortgage broker comes back and, and asks for, you know, certain additional verification. additional verification of items. It's just part of the process. And they, again, just want to make sure that you're qualifying um, so that you don't get to a few days before the loan and, and have to terminate. Yeah. Know we always have to provide a, a letter as um, you know, I'm married to somebody who gets bonuses and they're like, where did the money come from? We have to like, yeah. to, you know, same thing. And it's like, but and it, it, it all boils down to, you're right. It all boils down to your, your protection. You know, it, it is part of the process, but it, it really is for the protection of, of the borrower. We don't want to make mistakes now that could cost you down the road. Yeah. We, we want to make sure that we're covering all our bases, that we're putting you in, in a, the right financial situation. Um, and so that's why we need those additional verifications. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we're, we're doing the right thing for you. Yeah, you want to make sure you're protected because back, you, you know, as, as was brought up prior to 2008, you didn't even need to be licensed to be a mortgage person. Uh, to be in that industry. And, oh, and they wow. had stated income, stated assets, yep. uh, all kinds of loans. I mean, anybody could get a loan. You could work at Taco Bell and just say, yeah, I make $100,000. And they, it's signed right here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you want to make sure you're protected in that situation. And again, that's the reason why you want to talk to a professional like John, uh, you know, or, or wherever you are, find someone that actually is going to do what's right for you because there's nothing worse, as I said, with insurance, to find out after the fact, well, it, it would really be bad if you put an offer in and find out after the fact whoops can't get you your dream yeah. yeah absolutely yeah and if you don't know if somebody you know we keep going back to co- you know contact an expert in your area in your area in your area um if you are not in the denver metro area we are all still very connected again i think we mentioned it in the first podcast throughout the nation um and throughout the world i met someone in alaska by the way just so, so mark that one off oh all list. right all right list. what is it south carolina left uh, or yeah. Yeah. Okay, so help you know help Matt find somebody in South Carolina. No, but we're all <laughs> connected. So if you do reach out and contact us, we are more than happy to help you. Um, you know, get connected to an expert in your area if that's something you're nervous about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, and I, I know we touched base on this a little bit, but you know, when someone is actually being through the underwriting process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that they should make sure that they do not do once they <laughs> are approved? Buy a boat. <laughs> well, really, if if you know that you are entering into a transaction to purchase a home, this is you know the largest financial decision anyone's going to make in in purchasing a home. It's it's a huge investment. It's what we need to get clear is not to one quit your job. Please, please don't quit your job. <laughs> I've seen it happen. <laughs> pay pay your bills on time. I've seen that happen. And, you know, don't, don't go out and, and buy a new car, buy a new boat. Don't or, or buy furniture to furnish your home. Exactly. Don't get a new credit card. <laughs> yes. Just with all, of, all of that can wait till the, the transaction is, because is over with. Why? Because they re-pull your, or the mortgage company will re-pull your credit days before closing. Yeah, right before closing. Right before closing, they re-pull your credit. And, you know, all of these fina- big financial um purchases affect your credit. Yep. So. And, and, and also they, they qualify you based on debt to income mm-hmm. and loan to value. Yep. And if those things change, even so slightly, you could knock yourself right out of it. Yep, you can. Yeah, so just hang tight there. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> For better benefit of you, yes. the buyer. <laughs> and yet, and yet, 
with the people say that and people still do it. They do. They oh, do. I see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then one other thing to note, too, is another uh, a colleague of mine a few years ago had this instance is just because you're a home seller and you're selling and you want to purchase and say you're making whatever, $200,000 on your home and you think, wow, I have $200,000. Please make sure that you get approved for purchase before you sell your home. Because mm-hmm. if you've sold your home and you can't secure a loan, or you can, but not for the price range that you're looking for, well, then then, then you're not in a good situation. So please, sellers, before you um, go to sell your home and you want to buy, get pre-approved. Still get pre-approved. Absolutely. What else should people watch out for uh, with regards to – because I know a lot of times something can change with regards to a loan, or at least it used to happen a long time ago. I'm, I'm sure there's – policies that, that make sure that doesn't happen now. But, um, you know, if you're looking, really looking at a bank, like, for example, like some of the online, we've talked about online mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. Uh, I've heard horror stories of, of things changing right before closing after you've already had the earnest money and things like that. Um, what should people really watch out for? Like, like we've said in, in every segment, you know, work with an expert, trust, you know, make sure that you have that trust in that person because, you know, you could be hearing something, whether it's an online lender or, or, you know, someone that you haven't had built that rapport with, it's, they, you don't know if they're actually giving you truth, truthful information, whether they're, whether it's, you know, the pre-approval and you actually, they, they didn't put anything through. And, and so just make sure that, that you are working with the right, the right people, the right lender, that, that you understand what their process is and how they do it and, and what each point means. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Due so, diligence. Yes. Do your due diligence. Do your due diligence. Truth and lending. Truth and that's right. Yeah, truth it's it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. No. Seriously. I mean, there, there's been I've I've heard of some of my clients who get quoted one thing and then all of a sudden you know they get their uh, their loan documents and it's something completely different. Yep. Right. And you know uh, oh oops you know I mean so you really got to make sure that you know exactly what's going in. I mean John's done a fantastic job of describing. Uh, exactly what you should expect in these situations. Uh, and again, we could go on for hours, just like mm-hmm. we could with, with any of us. Absolutely. Um, but uh, we hope and we pray that we gave you a good uh, you know, description of what to expect when you are buying a home, you know, financing a home, and mm-hmm. insuring a home. But we want your feedback. We want to know what you want to know, right? We're going to have experts on here from a bunch of different areas and, and you know, uh, as well. But, uh, you know, if, if we didn't touch on something and you have some questions for us, we're more than happy to, to go on a, a future podcast or even reach out to you directly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you my email address. It's Matt, M-A-T-T, at M-O-R-I-A-R-I-T-Y-A-G-E-N-C-Y.net. If you have any questions on insurance, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to either answer the question for you or if you're in another state and I don't know the answer, I'm going to hook you up with someone who does. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm happy to give my email out as well. It's uh, John, J-O-N, the, the letter C, dot R-E-E-D as in David, at NAF, Inc., N-A-F-I-N-C, dot com. And happy to give my email address out as well. And follow me on Instagram, at Chandler Finler. Um, I'm almost at 12,000 followers, so um, good content out there as well. But my email address is a C, 
Finler, F as in Frank, E-N, D as in dog, L-E-R, at live, L-I-V as in Victor, sir, which is S as in Sam, I as in Igloo, R as in realtor, dot com. So see Finler at livesir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at Matt Insurers Colorado. Perfect. Um, and, and look me up on, on Facebook as well. It's uh, at John Reed Loans. Um, I, my, my business page is there. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much. I, again, I hope we're bringing value to you. We want to continue to bring value. We'll continue to bring on guests uh, or, or start bringing on guests that will actually help in this process too. But anything you want to know about, any suggestions for us, uh, anything we can help, we're here for you, right? Again, we're not getting paid for this. We're, we're doing it you know, because we, we are passionate about what we do. And we, we are sick and tired of, of uh, hearing people have all these problems with in these industries that we work in because they're not getting truthful information and they don't know, you know exactly what to look for. And that's the reason we came together. We want you to be you know, know everything about these situations and, and make sure that you're protecting yourself. Yes. And doing your due diligence. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time. We know it's valuable, but we're trying to uh, give you the best information out there as possible. So connect with us on social media so you can learn a little bit um, about our personal lives and who we are, why we do what we do and, um, you know, the things that we see. Uh, do during the business day so thank you yeah absolutely on the books yep thank you so much for tuning in and, and like Chandler said connect with us on Facebook really or on social media really really excited to um, hear some of the feedback awesome thank you so much have a great night day or evening <laughs>